Welcome to episode 75 of Vibe Locker Talk Live. I'm your host, Whack. Join alongside with me today are Matt and Jackson. Before we talk about what happened this past weekend in Texas high school football, let's talk to our guys real quick. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. What's going on? Oh, can't complain at all. I think it's a, it was a good week for all of us. Texas won, LSU won, A&M won. Hey, even my Cowboys won. I was a little, I was impressed with that. I think the the D in Dallas stands for defense because defenses look good the last two weeks, even with that loss. Jackson, how you doing, man? Doing good. I uh, had a great week. Obviously, great weekend with AM pulling out the win against uh, 13-ranked Miami. They've got Arkansas this week, so excited for that. Excited for high school football this week. Yeah, Arkansas struggled a little bit this week against what was it? What was the uh, who? Who they? What was the team they played? Missouri, Missouri State. State. Missouri State, that's right. Yeah, a little struggle there. Uh, and then, you know, maybe, I don't know if a has necessarily found the QB answer yet, but from all accounts, is a little bit better than what they've seen in the weeks past. But let's talk about some high school football, specifically Texas high school football. Weeks have come, come and gone. Houston a little, I wouldn't say, a, a, I want to choose the words, it wasn't a down week. It was a down week because a lot of teams took their bye week this past week. I think in in our 6A rankings, for instance, they're going to come out, if I remember correctly. It's like somewhere around 12 or 13 teams that had their bye weeks last week in that rankings alone for 6A. So a lot of teams had their, their down weeks. But let's talk about some of the games that did happen. There were some good games. I know, I think, Matt, you were at the Woodlands-New Caney game, which was a, which was a good, good game. Let's start there. Uh, if, I, if I remember hearing you this morning correctly, this is the first time New Caney's ever beat Woodlands. Is, is, did I hear you correctly there this, this, this morning, Matt? Yeah, Jackson and I were both at that game, little 360 coverage. New Caney has just moved up to 6A, and they haven't played each other. But, um, man, it was just really odd to see New Caney, which has a beautiful stadium. Even the people in the Woodlands are like, man, this place is awesome. they got great music. They've got um, great announcers. And I tell you, New Caney just kind of hung around. You know those games when, when the, the, the underdog just kind of hangs around? And I tell you what, in the last four minutes of that ball game, it looked like the coaching at New Caney just kind of pulled a fast one on the Woodlands, and they get a great win. Coach of New Caney, man, when I got to interview him after the game, kind of got choked up, just like, hey, this is a program-changing win. And now, you know, those kids really can kind of believe in – and what they're preaching every day. Yeah, that was there was some kind of craziness all across uh, kind of the state. I got two two stories I want to throw y'all's way this this uh, from this past week. So first, we're gonna go to Wimberley, and Wimberley and Fredericksburg both show up on Friday to play their game, and and the rest they're just not there. Where where are the rest? <laughs> they are not there. Lo and behold, the refs. I don't know what happened. You know, they got the wires crossed. The refs thought the game was on Saturday. They were going to try and play with some uh, with some kind of just uh, volunteers, if you will. But they knew if they wanted it to count as an official game, they needed tassel refs. So they eventually called the game, postponed it to the next day, played the next day, and uh, Wimberley comes out. I believe it was with a three-point victory, 17-14. to 14. This is crazy story number one. Crazy story number two uh, happened in Wichita Falls where uh, Roby – 
Uh, they were leading Wichita Christian with about eight minutes left, 74 to 60, and uh, their quarterback got ejected. And so Ruby just walks off the field. Their whole team just walks off the field. I'm not sure what exactly has happened yet. Uh, Roby put the, put the put the game as a W uh, on Max Preps, and it's still there as of as of today. Um, but uh, eight minutes left, and they just basically they just basically said we're done. We you ejected our quarterback. Don't know why he was ejected, but crazy story number two. And you just kind of love these crazy things that happen in Texas high school football. Um, Jackson, I haven't come to you yet. Talk to us about some of these games. I mean, one in your, y'all's area, again, that Ridgepoint game on Saturday seemed very crazy. Ridgepoint comes back and wins that one. But just talk to me about some of these games. I know you were paying attention to that South Oak Cliff Parish game as well. Oh, Jackson, I think you are on mute. Um, go ahead and check yourself there. Can't hear you yet. Let me. Co- well, go ahead and see if you can pl- plug in your um, plug in your earpods, maybe, and see if that works. Um, you know. Oh, here we go. He's plugging them in, folks. This is what I love about live TV, especially when we're not all in studio together. Is is the magic of making every show. Go ahead and try now, Jackson. Still can't hear you, man. Maybe go ahead and log out. And log- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So let me let me think of a game. I went to the Vandegrift. I'll go ahead and talk while he's doing that. Uh, you know, I went to the Vandegrift yeah. um, Stony Point game. Uh, you know, of course, Merle Bertrand, a broadcast director, is the voice of the Vipers there. And, and that one was a close game at first. Uh, the, the Stony Point quarterback went down. Um, it was either late first or early second quarter, and that game kind of shifted. Uh, and Vandegrift, I mean, you, you talk about, hey, yeah, Stony Point lost their starting quarterback and all that, but, man, their offense looked pretty good. After that week one loss to Dripping Springs, they are coming alive, and they're going to be a team to watch because they will they will probably go to Division II, uh, which will be good for them, you know, avoiding Westlake and Lake Travis this year. Um, so watch out for Vandegrift in the Austin area. I will say, though, uh, it is one of our Plays of the Week nominees for Fanpole, but it is easily my Play of the Week uh, if, I, if I was picking – uh, and the first drive for Stony Point, fourth and one, fourth and inches really from, I think, around midfield, and they go for it. And, uh, the, you know, their TCU commit uh, started running back, Cameron Cook. Uh, he's He goes behind uh, center, uh, just, just try to, you know, sneak it and get the first down. And he looks like he's dead to rights. And all of a sudden, you just see him burst through that kind of just pile of vipers, and he goes the rest of the way for a touchdown. It's actually, it was honestly a beautiful play. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out the plays of the week. It's just a phenomenal play. Jackson, do we have you back now? Yes, you do. There we go. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about South Oak Cliff and Paris. That was a very exciting game. Paris actually had the game uh, going into the fourth quarter, 28-14. to 14. Uh, South Oak Cliff was able to come back and win on a game-winning field goal. Uh, even though South Oak Cliff won, I think this is still way more impressive of a of a loss for Parrish as they have already beaten they'd already beaten uh, LBJ who was in the state championship game uh, last year. They beat Alito to open up the season. Who's been a predominantly uh, blue blood Texas high school football program, and then they came down to beat Episcopal here in Houston. Uh, this non district run that they've gone on, and the fact that they almost took down the uh, 5A state champs, South Oak Cliff. I, I think that game's very impressive. I think it's something to really open the eyes that uh, private schools uh, have a little bit more than you think they do. And uh, it, it just, I really loved uh, catching up with that game, following it on Twitter. Uh, another news, uh, we mentioned Ridgepoint, Hightower. Uh, Ridgepoint was down, uh, I believe, by two or three scores and went on a 25-0 and run 
uh, in the second half, what, starting off with a Mason Dossett, a uh, 100-yard kick return touchdown. So a uh, big win for Ridgepoint as they kind of started, started out the gates slow, but they're starting to pick up some momentum here uh, going into district play. So those were two games that really struck me. And also the one was the McKinney game. Uh, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. Woodlands is up 7-0 going into that fourth quarter, but uh, they just couldn't get the ball rolling offensively, and they let New Caney stay in that game, and New Caney wanted it more. And uh, I think for that New Caney community, that, that that means a lot. And don't be shocked if you see New Caney potentially take this district now as uh, they can kind of – I believe that they'll be able to kind of roll over some of their opponent, opponents in this district. Yeah, let's talk about, you know, where things kind of stand. And – I know, you know, probably mainly in regards to Houston, because I know that's kind of the area you all cover, but we're, we're heading in a district now, you know, most teams, if they're not starting this week, they're starting the week after the next couple of weeks, um, you know, where, where do things stand in, in kind of the thought process of Texas high school football, you know, and I know you guys are Houston, so that's fine, you know, if you want to stick there, but are things kind of playing out the way you expected? I don't know if anyone expected North Shore to dominate as good as they have. I think people thought, you know, North Shore was going to be good. I don't know if people thought North Shore was going to be this good. You know, how, how are things playing out? Are they, are they kind of going according to plan, Matt, for the most part? Yeah, I would say North Shore, you know, when you three out of the four years you win it, they get a couple of really nice transfers. One, the big defensive tackle from spring comes comes over and Eisenhower receiver was sort of kind of, it's an embarrassment of riches of receivers over there. They hadn't really used him too much, but you know, when you win like that and you have a culture that of winning, then you're just going to continue to reload <clears throat> and they're the best in the business at it right now. It used to be Katie and look, Katie's great, but here's the trick. When you, the reason John K loves North shore and Galena park ISD He's the only game in town. So he doesn't have to share talent with a Peto, Maid Creek, Morton Ranch, Cinco Ranch, Seven Lakes, Tompkins. I mean, you have so many schools in that district. So just imagine if you had Katie and you had, let's just say four of those schools all went together and played, you know, kind of were combined. They would be a power program. So that's what kind of hurts Katie a little bit. Do not sleep on Cinco Ranch. I've been sleeping on them. I'm like, man, Cinco's been down for so long. Don Clayton was kind of the last coach that had him going over there. But they smashed Tompkins, which was a bit of a surprise, and put West Houston on notice. Because, yes, it's KD, but Cinco Ranch is sleepy good. Peto, no, they ain't winning this. They're not, they're not trying to supplant anybody over there. Um, it is going – kind of how we figured Cinco Ranch is kind of that fly in the ointment because nobody really knows how good they are, but they're just beating people. They have a really good quarterback, which is kind of exciting to see. But it looks like it's going to set up, you know, for your Westlake North Shore semi, which is going to be a heck of a game. And then, you know, your D2 schools, which it's a little bit of a shakeup. Katie could potentially go D2. Um, which would be great for them. Um, so we'll just kind of see how it plays out there. But, you know, Atasca seat is going to be good, but I just don't know that they have enough to make that long, long run. 5A, wide open. I don't see anybody that we can really get around to say these could be the state champs in Texas. I think we get to the Final Four 
over there uh, from Houston, but I, I just don't see any big five eight superpowers going to make a move. Yeah, it's really looking like you know you're probably going to see you know like the Liberty Hill in, in that state semi that will probably face the Houston mm-hmm. squad. And maybe Hayes. Hayes, you know, they were 6A last year, moved down to 5A, I think in large part thanks to, uh, you know, uh, a kind of a sister school in Buda Johnson opening up, taking away some of that enrollment numbers. And they've looked pretty good so far. We'll really see. I think their district starts, uh, if it hasn't started this week, it starts uh, next week. Uh, and they've looked pretty dominant in, in most of their games. I think, I think for me, you know, when we look at, you know, I'm going to stick in the Austin San Antonio area real quick. I think this is going to be the year where you say is, is you know, San Antonio question mark. Is this finally going to be the year where you finally maybe see them back in the state tournament, especially when you think of 5A, 6A, um, you know, especially 6A. They haven't really been, I think, 2012, and it was still the last time that happened where they, they haven't won it, but they got there, right? And and still might be the team this year. They they played a really good Midland Legacy team, had to travel, what, that seven-plus hours to get there, uh, and they won that game uh, in a very close contest against a really good Midland Legacy squad. And, and, you know, they beat Lake Travis now, granted, without Bo Edmondson, but they beat Lake Travis, so they have that kind of energy about them. They probably will see them or Westlake at, at some point in the playoffs, you would assume. Uh, I don't know if they'll get past Westlake, but, you know, this could be the year where maybe you see them beat if they have to face Lake Travis, where, hey, you're going to see them, ha- you know, maybe finally beat Lake Travis, right, in the playoffs. It's kind of been one of the bugaboos. And then, you know, really, I think if if, if there's a if there's a team in San Antonio right now that I'm going to have my eye on, it, it's kind of San Antonio-ish, right, Bernie. You look at the Bernie Greyhounds looking absolutely amazing right now in San Antonio and at the 4A level. I think they have a really good shot to go all the way uh, this year. Jackson, what about you? What were your thoughts on on all of this? You know, we, when I posed the question of you know uh, where Texas high school football is, is everything kind of where you imagined it? I know there are some teams with losing records you might not think of. You know, we think of South Oak Cliff, for instance. But again, they're I think they're figuring stuff out. That's okay for me. They're playing some pretty tough non-district opponents. Are things kind of playing out how you expected them, Jackson? Yeah, I think they're playing out how you expect. I think South Oak Cliff, for me, is kind of the biggest um, what-if right now as they – I mean, you went state last year. Obviously, we, we all had talked about the quarterback uh, situation would be kind of the main concern. Also, they're playing without uh, their main receiver, uh, wide receiver, uh, I believe Jamari Colley, and he hasn't played at all yet this season, I don't believe. So uh, I, I expect them to get back on track. But in regards to the rest of uh, the state, I believe things are going the way that we had expected them to go with the top teams dominating in their districts. Uh, I think the real uh, key for me this year is going to see, can DeSoto get over that hump and beat Duncanville this year? I think they've, uh, with transfer running back, uh, uh, Trey Wisner, and then you've got uh, you've got uh, Jonte Cook on the outside, another Texas commit, uh, and their uh, junior quarterback. I, I would love to see this DeSoto team take that step this year and beat Duncanville and potentially be the team that meets uh, North Shore in the state championship uh, if things pan out how we expect it to. You know, real quick too is you know a team that you know you want to have your eye on and they've they've played two district games already because they're in a big district is highland park of course as we know highland park is in 6a this year and you know for through for two district games i mean 52 21 63 nothing i think they're in a favorable district i will say that when you look at their you know the district they're in that's going to help them get into the playoffs but you know hey so far so good when it comes to 
uh, year one at the 6A level for Highland Park. Matt, we, we've talked about, you know, how, how things have stand. Are there any teams that, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't say disappointing, have, have had disappointing starts, but, you know, maybe surprising where, you, you know, compared to where you thought you'd be, you know, we think of, you know, I mentioned the Jackson South Oak Cliff, but for me, that's not as surprising just because we knew they had a new quarterback coming in. We knew they were facing a tough district or tough non-district uh, schedule. Are there any teams that you can think of where you look at that record and you'd be like, I thought they were going to be better at this point uh, of the season? Yeah. Uh, there's two in particular in, the, in greater Houston, and that's Peyto number one. They're so loaded with talent, and they had a lot of things happen. You know, they get a new coach, um, and that kind of can really mess up the continuity of a program. But I – thought they um, they're not I, I think they're gonna be fine and they're gonna be okay in the playoffs but I was expecting them to just be blowing people out of the water I know they're really good on defense they're not that great on offense but maybe they'll get that together that was one team but I mean the team in Houston that is really the 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 biggest surprise has got to be the Woodlands league I mean, they have a four-star quarterback and a gigantic offensive line. Their defense is good. The defense held them in the game um, against New Caney. But to lose to New Caney, and there were some errors, like at the end of the game, um, North Shore could have gotten the ball back and scored or kicked a field goal or something. And they just mess up and don't feel the kickoff. And New Caney recovers, it's a ball game. It's just little things, man. It's just, it's little things. I think they're in a situation where they think they should win. And you got to play the games. They killed Oak Ridge. They got killed by North Shore. They lose to New Caney. They could, they could not, they could possibly lose and not win that district title, which they're easily favored to do so. They're underperforming. Yeah, especially with uh, now, now Jackson. I, I haven't really looked into this, but isn't um, DJ Lagway? Isn't he like not play? Is he is he injured? I know he uh, was it last week's game. He played half the game or something. What's what's going on there? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I after watching uh, how Lagway and Willis started the season, uh, I actually kind of moved Willis up on my rankings in that kind of district. I expected them to uh, be a playoff contender, and I still think they are. Uh, but they, when Lagway went down, he went down against Temple and uh, got a high ankle sprain. And also one of their starting tailbacks, uh, Terry Lawrence, tore his ACL in that same game. Uh, you, you have two of those guys go down, and it's the next guy step up. Uh, I know they had a, gr- a pretty good game against uh, Conroe last week, and I believe they beat Conroe 28 to 24, which was big time, but that was without Lagway. So. I think uh, the rest of the season, Hudden uh, Hogermeyer, the backup quarterback, has played really well. I really liked what I saw from him in that game against Nikaney when he came into the second half, uh, though they were down big. Uh, And I – oh, excuse me. They lost last week 28-24. But I expect Lagway to bounce back from this injury and give them some spark. I still think they are a contender. But starting 0-2 in district – and they still have to play a, a lot of tough teams in the district. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Willis bounces back from this one. 
I think you have to like what you're seeing, though, um, real quick. And before I give it to you, Matt, see, I want to say something. I mean, losing your starting quarterback like that and still putting up a tough, you know, tough game against Conroe, you know, got to be impressive uh, under a first-year head coach there. Uh, Matt, what you got to say? Well, I mean, those are the teams that I'm kind of surprised at that are doing so not poorly, but they're just not doing that great. Man, there's a couple teams that have some big games this weekend that I'm kind of getting fired up about, and that's Stratford. Stratford, Nash Rankin is the quarterback. His dad, Todd Rankin, is the coach. Todd Rankin came has come over from uh, North Shore. He's got that North Shore lineage, and they're playing very well and have done so last year and this year. They got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They have a huge game against Cypher this weekend. Cypher won state a couple years back. They're just kind of one of these traditional blue blood programs that um, are really, really good. And a couple other teams that I know, you know, CD King is a team. Everybody, when they, I think they went up to Allen or I can't remember who they played and they got kind of crushed. But I think CE King is physical and fast enough to make some noise in the playoffs. They're in the same district as Atascacita and North Shore. And if they go small, I think they're going to do pretty well in that Region 3 small school. I really like what they're doing. I know I mentioned Cinco Ranch earlier. I think they're doing a tremendous job. And another kind of team off the grid is Magnolia West. Magnolia West is get, gets zero love, zero. And they're going to get in a battle with Foster coming up which will be really cool to see. Both teams are undefeated. They're number one and number two in our rankings in 5A. Um, and uh, that's a really cool story. Country school that is really performing well and fosters a team that's also performing well. They have been a little bit down on the past couple of years with enrollment and kind of the changing of the boundaries over there in the market solid at ISD. But Sean McDowell has got it going, and man, they're having a lot of fun over there on the west side of town. So those are some teams I'm kind of trending with right now. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about this game on Thursday, but I know the game to watch this week, if not in Austin, San Antonio, maybe in the entire state, of course, Lake Travis and Westlake. Usually they play that game the last game of the season, but with their new district, it has shuffled some things around. So Westlake and Lake Travis playing. Probably Bo. I would What's your call on that, Dub? I think, I mean, you have to go with Westlake. You haven't seen Bo Edmondson play this year. I, I, don't, I don't, well, I don't know if he played last week or not. Um, so, you know, you, you see how they've, how they've played. For me, if you watch Westlake play, you, you might look at their first half of some of the games and be like, oh, well, you know, Ridge Point hung tough with them. You know, some of these other teams hung tough with them. But you'd play Westlake for a full four quarters. There may be only one team that can do that, and that, that's North Shore, in my opinion. Um, so I think I think Westlake should win this game, uh, unless you know Bo Edmondson comes back and just plays out of his mind, right? So uh, he, that's my pick right there. I mean, it's hard not to pick that, and we'll talk more in depth about that on Thursday. But got to go with Westlake right there. Um, before we get out of here today, I had a question. Let's see if I can remember it. I always need to write my questions down sometimes. You know. You know what? No, we're good. We don't need to ask another question. That's it. That's it for today, guys. We did a good job today. We we, we covered the, we, co- we talked about all the good games out there. We'll be back tomorrow with the St. Pius uh, show with Coach Craig Cranfield and Josh Cook. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll be back with our preview show, breaking down some of those games, talking more Lake Travis, Westlake, I'm sure. Before we get out of here, let's turn it over to Matt and 
and Jackson for some shout outs. Matt, who are you shouting out today? Um, again, I've been beating this drum, the Cinco Ranch. I'm shouting them out. Um, also, whew, this Vibe staff just grinding it out as we are pushing out tons of content. So stay tuned and look at that from video to graphics to um, magazines, whatever. Um, kudos to our staff who are just killing the game right now. Jackson, how about you, man? Who are you shout out today? Yeah, I'm going to give two shout outs today. First, I'm going to shout out my alma mater, uh, Concordia Lutheran. They're 4-0 for the first time since 2018. Had an awesome <laughs> uh, touchdown pass from class of 2025 quarterback Loudon Seabury, who uh, uh, got his little inner Johnny Menzel, uh, fumbled the snap at the beginning, bumped into his running back, rolled out, threw a dime to win the game with 20 seconds left. So shout out to Concordia and Coach Amendola. They're doing great things over there right now. And then I'm also going to shout out Devon A-Chain because without him, I would not be very happy this morning as uh, A&M got the win against Miami. So those are my shout outs this week. It's one of our plays of the week, by the way, the Concordia Lutheran uh, game-winning touchdown. So haven't voted yet, go and vote for your pick for play of the week. That one, and there there are plenty of good ones out there. Of course, like my pick's that Stony Point camera cook touchdown i mean if you haven't seen it yet just go watch it it's it's amazing i'm gonna shout out the davenport wolves san antonio 4a school first year uh under uil play they you know played the last two years um just kind of you know whoever they could play they could play uh and then first year as a two or as a 4a squad under uil currently 4-0 and looking good uh, i mean that's a team to watch i mean that team if you talk about bernie at 4a I don't know. I mean, Davenport's looking pretty good. You know, they might be able to give Bernie a run for the morning uh, uh, money, although I don't know if uh, if they're both D1 or both D2 or are different there, so I'm not too sure on that. But that being said, Davenport's going to get my shout-out there um, as we head into week five. It's going to do it for our show for today. Like I said, come on back tomorrow for our uh, St. Pius show with Coach Craig Cranfield, and then or Wednesday is our Coach's Corner. Thursday, we'll be back again with another episode of Luck to Talk Live. Then close it out Fridays with Bite Recruit Spotlight all at 3 p.m. Till then, I'm Wack, that's Matt and Jackson, and we'll see you at the games. <laughs>